Sonic States. Hi, welcome to Sonic State Talk 002. That's uh, episode two. Um, we're talking again today to Dave Spears and Andy Jones. Uh, Dave is uh, one half of the software giant G Media Music, who uh, who makes such uh, excellent products as Mtron, Mini Monster, uh, Oddity, etc. Um, you can find their stuff at gmediamusic.com. And Andy Jones has been an editor of various music magazines uh, in here in the UK for a number of years, and uh, knows a lot about the high tech industry and. Uh, now runs a PR company um, dealing with various clients who uh, are also based in high-tech music world. Andy uh, was actually going to come and record a bit extra talk with us, um, but unfortunately his G5 tower died. Um, Just kept switching off for some reason. It was a very hot day, but um, that didn't seem to have anything to do with it. Unfortunately for him, it was just outside the warranty, so he's had to take it into the shop for a repair, but... um, in the UK, there seems to be kind of quite a long lead time for repairing these kind of things, so he's going to have to wait three weeks. So in the meantime, he's been forced into buying a MacBook. Now, we're all insanely jealous here, so um, I hope he enjoys it, and maybe next time we talk to him, he'll be using the MacBook, and we'll be able to talk to him about that a little more and how it's working for applications. Anyway, without further ado, let's get the show going. So what was the last bit of hardware any of you guys bought? An RME f- um, interface and some Adam monitors. Oh, you got That's some it. Adam monitors, did you? Yes. Oh, nice. You're you're happy with them? Love them, love them. I mean, we were going to go for the Genlex, but um, I don't know. You know, a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, they've got a particular sound and everything. I mean, really, seriously, for the first time ever, in terms of EQ, I can shelf stuff, and it's just gorgeous. They got they got ribbon tweeters, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the. I mean, at first I kind of thought, oh yeah, yeah, more hype, audio fool hype. But actually, they really are crystal clear. I thought they sounded quite. Um, that there's a sort of softness to the top end. They're not harsh, are they? They got it's like a sheen that those tweeters do. It's, it's it is a particular sound, definitely. It's funny. I've been taking you know various recordings from trying to kind of get my ear in taking them from here to another studio and comparing them on all sorts of different speakers and i've in the last couple of weeks i've just got to the point where it's like right i now know what works here will work elsewhere great but they are they're how not, many years not, is that uh, about 25 <laughs> i'm happy say, dave that's exactly the well i've just just finally got around to it takes years and years to get to that stage but when you get there it's a lovely feeling isn't it and yep. you can actually trust something that you're listening to, because that's actually the last thing I bought was a was a set of monitors. But I've got the the Event 2020 Bass V2s. Oh yeah. And everything I play in or mix in those seems to sound as I hear it on every other hi-fi in the house. You know, in the car, it just the detail is there. And it's the first time in. Not 25 years for me, probably about, uh, I was going to say, I don't know, 20 years maybe, 15. It's the first time that's ever happened, you know. And I think when you, when you find a set of monitors like that, you've got to stick with them. That's it, and that's it for life now. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it, I, I mean, I was, I was really sceptical about monitor differences until we did that big roundup in the magazine. Do you remember when we got about 16 sets up at um, Chris Hughes' studio in Box and listened to them all side by side? And I was just stunned at the differences that, that I thought, you know, I'm not an audio file. I was going to leave that up to the engineers. But the differences we heard were incredible. And the, the, some, the, the, some of them was just so bad. You, you had to wonder how people got away with selling them. 
Well, I've, I'm just trying to think of the last thing I bought. It's probably, um, it was actually this boom mic stand that, can you hear it? That's the, that's the springs on them. Yeah. So it's like proper radio. But I'm also using it to dangle a camera off as well. But that's the last thing I bought. And I'm very pleased that it actually works, but uh, it's not very exciting. And doesn't so it help you? what do you monitor with then, Nick? You might as well complete uh, the, the three. Who, uh, well, so I monitor with, um, I've got two, I've got, well, it depends where I'm working. I've got the old NS10s, which I use just for vibe. And I've got a little pair of Genelec 1029As, which I use for, you know, just programming or what have you. But uh, when I'm working in the studio, I've got the uh, ATC SM20s. Is there anything that you want to buy? Uh, you'll laugh. I want to get a D50 again. <laughs> the old Roland uh, LA synth? Yep. I listened to Love Sexy the other day and went, Jesus, the D50, what an awesome instrument. It was and Love Sexy or D50, was it? Yeah, 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 awesome. Absolutely awesome. So the 80s are coming back with a vengeance. And they just went away in my life. What about you, Andy? Is there anything that you're uh, you're hankering after? Um, what I really want probably hasn't hasn't been invented yet, and I was hoping you guys might be able to fill me in. We had something called uh, the Jazz Mutant Lima. On, ah, uh, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. Some French thing. Yeah. Polyphonic touchscreen. I want I want that to well, work they... with my sequencer, so I can do all the faders and and do everything on my screen and make my screen really dirty. You really should spend more time on SonicState.com because we actually filmed a. Uh, a new uh, a version update because they they released this some time ago but it only worked with uh, Max SP and some that's the problem really yeah, obscure just work with all of these, protocols yeah. well now so 1.5 version 1.5 which I think they're still fixing works inter application with MIDI applications so ah. you can uh, the guy was demoing it if you go to sonicstate.com and search for Lima there is actually a video of the guy demoing it with uh, Ableton live and it's gotcha. really cool it really is quite uh, uh, what it's not quite what I want. What I want is my is say I use Cubase on a, a Mac. I want my Mac screen to be touch sensitive so that oh, I can control I see, right. everything on there. I think somebody should invent something like that. That's a cross between the the Lima, but also has hardware control, so you can just use things because knobs are going to be quite difficult to do on a touch screen i'd imagine they'd have to be quite big whereas if it had a knob on the side and maybe a fader that you could then change modes and you know it, i don't know they haven't got it yet but it's, it's well, close you, do you remember that really huge keyboard oh god what was it it was a nico do you remember that yeah that oh, had yes. a touch screen that had a touch screen screen mm -hmm. and that was close you could control your your sequencer with a pen kind of thing um, but it wasn't very accurate so you'd press stop and it would go fast forward and, you know, you press play and it would record. <laughs> Minor little problems. I think that's one of the issues with touchscreens, isn't it? I mean, it's... You'd think they would have sorted that out. But, you know, it was a nice idea. It was, they were sort of going along the right lines. Open labs. Well, they're still going. Very... I mean, they brought out a number of other things subsequently. What's the, they... the last thing they brought out? Was Miko. Sort of... Miko. So it's like a cross between a laptop. Version, yeah. Which always struck me as a sensible thing to do because laptops don't don't um, run out of juice when you pull the power out of them. Whereas yeah. I remember the original one had, had it came with an optional UPS, which kind of makes it <laughs> must must have weighed about the same as a Fender Rose. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I actually reviewed it where I'm sitting now in this loft. I had to drag it up, you know, 30 steps and I and I, I had to lie down for a couple of hours afterwards. It was just the heaviest thing I've ever, ever lifted. Wow. Did it have the UPS? Yeah. Ah, well. Mind you, that when you it. had the power cut, you could still keep going. For a what, 20 so. minutes? <laughs> when you set lights to it, you can still keep going. Did, did you see that video? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, it was so sturdy, so sturdy. We were going to drive a truck over it, but it was so expensive, we didn't want to risk it. Mm. No, well, that's understandable. 
Um, what's on eBay? Anyone saying anything weird on eBay? Lots of scammers, yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. well, loads of Loads of threads on loads of forums saying that they've been scammed by uh, people selling, you know, music gear. There's, there's a real tip here. I nearly got scammed a couple of weeks ago. I was, there was an up 2500 up there that um, I'd missed out on years ago and kind of went, I've got to have it, got to have it. And it was a scam. But when you talk to them, when you ask them a question, they always respond with absolutely no passion at all about this. Now, if I'm selling anything like a 26 or a 2500, I'll be like, oh, you know, I'm really sorry to see it go. It sounds fantastic. And it, you can do this with it and that with it. And, they, and, and you talk with a the passion. These guys, it's just completely blank. Yeah. It's a good gauge. Well, that's a top tip, Dave. What's well, the scam done. then? What's the scam then, David? They just not have it and they want you to send the money? Is it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, it comes down to sort of, you know, oh, I'm selling it for a friend and he's on holiday and you have to send uh. him to Western Union. With the, this 2500 was for sale in Chicago and he gave a particular area. I looked it up on the map and everything and the price was reasonable. Reasonable, not cheap. But um, it turned out I had a mate who lived about an hour away. <laughs> so I, I rang this friend of mine and said, look, could you do me a favour? Could you just kind of drive over there and make sure it works? If I, you know, as long as I get the guy's permission and tell him that you're going to turn up. Of course, immediately I did that the guy's like uh no 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 one will be here i won't be here in fact i'm selling it for a friend of mine and he lives in ealing okay. i was like well, well i could drive and pick it up but the whole deal is like you know transfer the money via western europe uh, western oh, union yeah. it sounds, sounds they, like you you could have literally chased him around the world with friends that you know oh no it's well, in india actually i know someone in bombay he can come around the, and check it out the, the the funniest thing you can do with these guys is just waste their time and yeah, always and I think you should Always appeal to the greed because they cannot resist any money. I mean, I sent this guy, you know, under a kind of nom de, nom de plume, a, a whole load of stuff, which made me out to be a complete psychopath. And the guy just swallowed everything and was just like, yes, when you send me the money, when you send me the money. In the end, I said to him, look, you know, I know I kind of trust you, but obviously, you know, I need to make sure. Could you send me a picture of yourself? And he sent me this picture, which a Google image search revealed was the head of Sun Microsystems. Can you rely on the, uh, you know, the, the recommendations when you've got stars next to your name? Because I always, that's how I go on Amazon, on eBay. I just rely on the, these people who've got 100%. Well, you, you know, can, but you need to see what, whether they've got them as buyers or sellers. Because what you might find is somebody's kind of got, you know, 200 transactions selling buttons. And then they're suddenly yeah. selling a, a, a MacBook Pro. You know, gotcha. one, of, yeah, yeah. one of the big scams is to, so for example, if you've bid on something and you haven't, you didn't win it, you'll be contacted by a scammer who's masquerading as somebody else who's just set up an eBay account saying that actually the person who did buy the thing or did win the thing didn't go through with the sale and, you know, now he's coming to you because obviously all, you know, everyone who bids is listed there. But what they're trying to do is actually get your account information so they can in effect, hack your account and pass themselves off as you. So you may have 100% feedback. Yeah, and they hijack your account. Yeah. And sell some dodgy stuff via it, yeah. It's well, pretty evil. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minefield. I mean, you know, I always follow the simple rules. You've got to talk to somebody in person and you've got to see how they react when they say, I'll come and collect it. And that's the only Well, way. and honestly, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. I know, it's it a really cliche, is. but it is yeah. true, isn't it, that that is the case. Yeah, they just rely on people going, oh, I want that, I want that, I want that, and they just kind of, you know, become blind to any common sense. But having Which said I... that, I did find something quite interesting. <laughs> did you see, uh, have you heard of the EML Polybox? Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. 
that's kind of a funky little thing. It, it, it's a sort of um, what is it? it? It's a. It seems like it's a an eleven voice two bank or multi voice two bank um, set of oscillators. So you pl- you play in a control voltage and you play a chord, and it will just tune the oscillators to that chord and then you can just continue to play it so you end up the result is like this i'll play you this because it's uh, i found uh, something on youtube of somebody demonstrating one this is an ms20 into the uh, eml polybox obviously that's the first bit and so on and so forth you know, you just keep adding notes and changing chords and, you know, add octaves and what have you. Uh, in fact, funnily enough, I did look at that AML thing because originally it was designed, you know, for obviously when mono synths ruled the world, but everybody wanted polyphony. So it was a kind of cheap-ish way of getting polyphony. I'm kind of digging around these Russian synths at the minute. Oh, yeah. There's some quite interesting ones of those. Well, we've got a... Um uh, Polyvox Synthesizer, or I don't know how you pronounce it, and it's wicked. I mean, it's just an, a very unusual sounding machine, although it's everything's made out of kind of military grade Russian plastic, which is not actually. It was a military factory, wasn't it? Apparently so, yeah. Brilliant. They sound wicked, but they, it's, if you put it on with headphones, the springs in the keyboard and the plastic, they're, they're really noisy. They just kind of sound like somebody bouncing on an antique bed. It's quite. Uh, I did play one once, and it was just the the keyboard action was particularly disgusting. Mm. And it's made out of this kind of low-grade plastic, isn't it, that's sort of translucent? Yes, shatters. There are a number of interesting uh, Russian polyphonic synths and monophonic synths, and the the only problem is, I think, the reason we're not seeing more of them is because most of these people can only really sell via eBay or via classifieds, because they're obviously in Russia, and everybody just thinks you're bound to be Russian Mafia gangster. But, I mean, I'm sure yeah. quite a lot of people are legit and they're probably sourcing lots of these things. So um, it, it, it's, that's why we probably don't see that many of them. Yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite tempted to take a punt. There's, a, there's an, I think it's called an Alita, which is kind of very bizarre-looking Russian thing. Again, made by the same people with Polyvox, mm-hmm. who did the Polyvox. I'm quite, but it's such a reasonable price. I'm quite tempted to take a punt and just see... Dave, have you got a, a big collection of synths? Do you you uh, got all yes. the old classics? How many yeah. have you got? Oh God, uh, Go I've got I've got so many now that I can't fit them in my room. In fact, there's a couple down in Bath that have been <laughs> that have been fixed that I've never bothered to pick up because I've got no room anymore. Do you want me to look after them for you? Uh, well, my Oscar's down there. Ah. Um, which I keep meaning to come down and pick up. In fact, I've got to bring the Odyssey back down to fix that. Um, but no, I mean, blimey, I'm just looking. We got the Mini Mode, the Odyssey, Expander, OB8, OBX, uh, the, all the Nord stuff, Vidra. I mean, God. Oh, and an Optigan. Oh, you got an Optigan. I heard one of those the other day. They're really yeah. kind of out of this world. I was, I was surprised. Optigan. Um, perhaps you could explain exactly what it is. Uh, it's. It was made by Mattel in the 70s, and it's a kind of home organ styley thing. And um, you press buttons. Well, actually, you slide in a record, which is you know one of those kind of loose, floppy plastic discs, and a little optical reader reads these rhythms and grooves, and you can play along with your cheesy organ sound. We bought the, one off of Coil. All right. When, when he when he moved out to um, well moved out of the UK, we bought his from um, Pete Forrest's auction. But in fact, funnily enough, I'd been down to their place and recorded it and recorded all the discs and everything about sort of three weeks before. So when it came up, it was like, oh come on, we gotta have it. 
Yeah, no, they they are amazing. I mean, it's like a, a flex. It's like a flexi disc, but it's um, optical track. So it's kind of like a, a old film soundtrack, isn't it? Like burnt in. That's, yeah, that seems to be that, and it's it's an enormous number of actual tracks. But isn't is it true that the organ voices are actually read off there as well? Yes. Yeah, you've got you know organ or flute or whatever. I mean, they all pretty much sound the same. But the real magic is in the grooves. The grooves are awesome. I don't know whether you've heard on the Mtron that we did. We did um, there was one of the take banks was like this little string quartet playing motifs, and I hear it on 101 TV programs now. I mean, it's just like a lazy man's way of composing a quick soundtrack, uh, and it's the same kind of vibe. Um, I heard a couple of the drum rhythms, and they just sound really sort of beautifully crunchy and crusty vinyl, sort of very fat. I mean, I, yes. I hate to use that word, but I, it sort of it does fit. Fat yeah. fits for that. Yeah, no, they're gorgeous. Well, mm. I can't give too much away, but watch this space. Ah. Sonic State. Anybody heard any uh, good tunes lately? Uh, the Underworld stuff. I've just been downloading the uh, the online stuff that they've been doing. Is that well, on you? Give, giving stuff away, haven't they? Uh, well, it's five quid. Uh, okay. they, they kind of did a trilogy, and I think it's five quid each, but, I mean, it's like 30 minutes of music, again, impeccably produced. Um, yeah, brilliant. The last one came out, I think, beginning of this week. Where can you get the... So you just... What's that? Underworld.something? Uh, underworldlive.com. Oh, OK. And, but uh, really excellent. You've got a little bit to do with that, have you? Uh, not that as such. I mean, I've known them for years, and um, we're good mates, and we work together whenever we can. But, um, no, I mean, this is their personal project. In fact, they've been doing a film score for um, the guy who did The English Patient. I think it's called Breaking and Entering. That, that's coming out soon. So there's quite a lot. of. They teamed up with this guy called um, Gabriel Yared, a French composer, who's a brilliant pianist. So there's quite a lot of uh, that kind of influence in the new stuff. It's not, it's not as banging as you might think. All right, I'll have to check that out. Andy, how about you? Uh, a bit embarrassing. I uh, on the way back from Brighton, the, the guy driving the car was playing a, a sort of random selection of stuff, and he was playing some tracks by a band called Syntax. I don't know if you, either of you've heard them. No, that I don't was about know this stuff. Three years ago, uh, and he played three tracks from it, and every single one of them was absolutely amazing. But I'm not sure whether it's because I had a heavy night the previous night. But I went out <laughs> and bought the album anyway. I thought just ordered it. Sort of. Um, Guitari, rocky, electronic, massive attack, Depeche Mode, all of that in one with some lovely hooks and some lovely melodies. It was just, it completely blew me away, actually, I've got to say. And I've never heard of them before. He said it was, they, they, they released an album and it was sort of critically acclaimed, but no one bought it. And you go onto Amazon and the people who have bought it are just gushing about it like it's amazing. Check it out. It's called, they're called Syntax. Syntax. And it's the only album they've done. Um, but it's, like I say, the three tracks I heard from it were just outstanding. The last time I bought was um, Fru Fru, which is uh, a sort of incarnation of Imogen Heaps. And oh, yeah. uh, it, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's a couple of years old, but it's, it's really, really good electronic pop music. It's phenomenal production. Yeah, it's brilliant production. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd, I'd never heard, so I, I saw a couple of people talking about it as sort of happening electronic music. And uh, being the uh, Luddite I am, I thought, oh, I better check it out. And I've discovered it, but sort of three years later than anybody else. Does a lot of stuff on um, MySpace. If you go to myspace.com, frou-frou, and frou-frou <laughs> is spelt F-R-O-U-F-R-O-U. And it's well, guy- she, she financed her own album, which, is, which has only been out a couple of months. But, I mean, literally, like, you know, put the money on the mortgage and 
self-financed it and I think it's done really well through her own site and again as you say that's right she she was offered loads of big deals wasn't she and she I reviewed it I think I reviewed it for Future Music she was offered loads of big deals and decided to do it herself and it is it is very very nice very nicely produced quite piano-y from what I remember I was listening to the other day yeah Um, I haven't heard the new stuff um, but I mean, you, you can tell she's doing well. I mean, if you just look at the number of plays on her player on MySpace. I mean, they're just enormous, enormous amounts of of, of um, track plays. It's amazing. Actually, I was just oh, about I to launch the website, but it's actually going to mean that she's going to start playing. So ah, yes. we'll have to pay royalties. So we'll have to stop. No, she's got a big, big following in the US. I mean, I think Fru Fru were pretty massive over there. Yeah, I get that impression too. Um, I saw her down in San Diego. In fact, after Nam, I took her. I took the family on holiday down to San Diego, and um, I was going to see Thomas Dolby. Funnily enough, at the House of Blues, and me being here, I went went down a night early, and it was her. Yeah, he looks great. He's got all the gear. Looks like that kind of old mad scientific boffin mad thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Blinded me with science. Good old Magnus Pike. Which I thought was. I, I loved. I mean, I loved a lot of Dolby stuff when it was around in the eighties. Yeah, I, I mean, he's one of my kind of primary uh, influences at that time, definitely. I got the chance. I, I worked with him. Uh, wow, about, really? About the early 90s, when he, he had this kind of company called Beatnik. And it Beatnik, was son- Sonify the Web. And yeah. It was basically, you know, composing kind of library music for people who wanted to add bits of music to their web pages and stuff. And the concept well, was Hey, that would cool, wouldn't it? Have a web page where the, where the musical bed was designed by Thomas Dolby. Yeah, and I, mean, I think he did quite a lot of work, but I mean, he was kind of running the company. He was up in. Um, it was in the uh, hills, wasn't it? I think he did quite well out of it. Didn't he sell it in the end? I don't know what happened. I know that he got into the sort of ringtone thing after a while. Yeah. Um, ah. um, which is kind of strange, really, when you, when the, the next item for us is all about the uh, what's the point of actually recording a 192K 24 bit when it all comes down to a ringtone? I don't know how anybody feels about this, but uh, I think in the UK, ringtones um, contribute quite a lot to sort of... I think they go to single sales now, is that correct? But certainly oh, yeah, publishing. It's all, it's all going towards it. Downloads and ringtones, I think they go to the whole charts now. So, And it's just yeah. astonishing. I listened to some examples, and they're, they're really quite frighteningly appalling. I mean, the amount of time... <laughs> there's, there's, a couple, there's a couple of tracks. There's one of, one of when ones that I worked on, um, and, you know, it took... I'd say it was probably about three weeks of you know messing around with the arrangement and then and then a proper mix and everything and then various other edits and what have you and it sort of came down to this and i was thinking yeah i know the drums are improvement <laughs> but but the rest of it you know i mean uh, it, it just it's kind of astonishing that that's okay you know and that, that but is it is it a craze i mean i don't want to sound like an old fart here but is it is it something that's going to stop? Are people going to stop using them? Are they going to just let their phones ring? I mean, doesn't it mark you out as an idiot having a piece of music associated with you or a bunch of people on the train when you hear them? I don't know. Do I sound old? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very clever um, business model because essentially, you know, you sign up and you say, oh, that's two quid for that ringtone. But what does it actually it? is, is two quid a week until you, yeah, until yeah, until you yeah. remember to tell them to stop sending to them, sending you. So you I get really- these poor kids who've racked up hundreds of quid in ringtones that <coughs> poor folks have got to shell out for before be, they get arrested. Isn't there supposed to be one piece of technology or something that you see as you're getting older that, that you realise you've then moved on to the next generation, you know, you've moved on to your midlife or, or whatever, and it was ringtones for me, it just, it's just it's meant that I've moved on I, yeah. I'm, I'm now going towards death very quickly. It was the internet for me 
Electricity, to be honest. Okay, yeah, <laughs> electric light. I think that you should just stop giving pocket money to kids. Just, you know, go back to the old times. Go back you have to, to the be 18 days. to have a mobile phone. Yeah, you know, for Christmas you get the, the tangerine, satsuma, and that's it. And on that rather curmudgeonly note... Um, that's a wrap for Sonic State Talk 002. Um, I'm actually going on holiday next week, so um, after this uh, rocket start of two concurrent episodes, we're going to have a break for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back with a vengeance on our return, probably the first week in July sometime. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, email us at talk at sonicstate.com. We've also set up a Skype account so you can contact us on Sonic Talk. Uh, there's an answer phone there, so if you want to leave a message... Um, maybe for inclusion in future podcasts or a big shout out to anybody um, just leave a message there if you want to use the phone uh, we've got a Skype in number which is based in Chicago in the US and the number is 312-376-8089 that's 312-376-8089 outside the US just dial 001 before that Sonic State Let's call.